Welcome to another episode of The Raven Narratives. I'm Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. The story you're about to hear was told by Daniel Sullivan in June when the theme was privilege. Daniel is a playwright and the artistic director of the Silverton Theater Mine in Silverton, Colorado. In his spare time, he loves reading interviews with poets and painters, stealing their favorite quotes, and claiming them as his own. Here's Daniel's story. I, uh, <clears throat> I grew up in uh, they call it, I grew up in uh, what they call a red line town in uh, the Bay Area of California, <clears throat> and in, if you don't know redlining, um, what they do is the banks uh, they 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 circle the town, they tur- circle a part of the city, and they uh, they don't uh, and they don't lend money to particular people, so. Um, San Leandro, California. Uh, they had <clears throat> settled by the Portuguese. Um, Irish Catholics came in. Uh, Portuguese Catholics, um, Italian Catholics. They had Protestants, um, and like a mile and a half from our border it was Oakland, and predominantly African American. But there were, I think, maybe we had sixty thousand people in the city. And uh, um, maybe five, ten, fifteen African Americans. So um, it was as segregated as any city you'd find in the South. Um, and uh, anyway, that's where I grew up. My dad was a city planner, and his, you know, he was. Uh, his explanation was that you know you you live in a town where they privilege certain people um, and you, you've got to keep that in mind. And uh, that, that was, I was probably eight or nine. And uh, that was my introduction. I didn't comprehend the whole of it, but uh, um, I knew something had, something was different about me or, or something was being made different about me. So I ended up, um, my first teaching job um, was in Los Angeles and uh, I uh, applied for a position in uh, in the Watts District in what was then South Central Los Angeles. They call it South Los Angeles now because the connotation South Central had a really terrible connotation that changed it. But um, it was a Markham Intermediate. Uh, it was a middle school. It was in eighty eighty six, um, and structurally, they had impoverished the community. Um, and uh, so there weren't moving capital through the community. There was about a 60% unemployment rate. And uh, the um, Los Angeles Times was famous for, you know, making the story about, you know, the gangs, Crips, Bloods. And, but the real story was, you know, that they just weren't, they were selectively not moving capital. And there was, the poverty was extraordinary. And that led to some some extraordinary tensions, and uh, so I get this job, and um, I uh, I was interviewed through a series of interviews. I meet with the principal, and he was this white fellow. And um, in the course of the conversation, he said, uh, "You know, I um, and I didn't have a lot of teaching experience. I was not even I was really not a good teacher because I hadn't taught much." And um, 
shouldn't have been teaching um should have been should have should have had some more experience and uh but he uh he made the point that he uh he said i i see me in you and and, and i want to give you a leg up and uh so um and he i was an all-american in track and field and uh he was really enamored of that and he he wanted to put a track guy in the school and uh, we, I was going to teach English. I don't know what track had to do with English, but um, he was tripping on it. And um, so, but I needed a job, so I got the job. And uh, he is, he gave me a teacher mentor. Her name was Yvonne Hutchinson, and um, she was uh, God. She was about. She was just a. She was about maybe twelve, thirteen years older. I was. I think. Uh, maybe 26 at the time, and um, she had such a presence, you know, extraordinary human being and graceful, just grace in every way of, about her. And um, she'd grown up in Watts, and she was a runner-up for Teacher of the Year in California, and uh, so he, I, she was my mentor teacher, and when we met, um, she sat me down a day later and said, uh, so, um, you know, you're completely unqualified to be here. And, um, and uh, she said, I'm not happy about it um, because these are my people. And you people keep cycling through people like you, and it's not doing anybody any good here. Um, and, um, and then I got it. I mean, I wasn't. I just. I didn't have much of an ego about the situation. I just. I listened to her, and I understood things were serious. And uh, she said, "So, you know, I'm going to um, get some water." Um, she said, uh, "I'm going to teach you how to be a better teacher, but I'm not going to teach you how to be a better teacher because I want you to be one. I want you to be a better teacher because I'm concerned about my people. And if you're not better," there's going to be some problems for my people. That's all that matters to me. And I don't care much about you. And, um, but she had a lot of love in her heart. She was just serious, you know. And uh, so that's, you know, what happened in, you know, the first day or two. And uh, one of the, one of what was important about teaching was that you couldn't be behind the desk. You had to be out in the community. So um, we had projects. We had four projects. There was the Imperial Courts, Nickerson's, Jordan Downs, um, Haciendas across the street. Haciendas are blood. Imperial Courts, Crips. It, you know, they, and we at the in the in in kind of in the the uh, crucible of it was this Markham Intermediate where both these middle school kids all came together. It was really. There's quite a bit of tension, and um, uh, to say the least. And so, I was out, and she said, "You know, you got to go visit the people. You got to get into the projects. You got to knock on the doors, tell them about how the kids are doing, tell them when they're doing well, and um, uh, and tell them when they're not doing well. Tell them you need some help. You need the parents to back you up." So. Uh, yeah, I started this practice, and one of the things she made, one point she made was, just make sure you call and, and make sure you're polite, and don't get, you know, um, egotistical about this. You know, this is a, it's a privilege, 
to be a teacher here and I need you involved but just be respectful and and I I'd grown up my mom and dad had taught those same values so I see I got it but I uh, and um, so we made many visits and one day I um, got uh, I got over I, I just I, I, there was a situation in the classroom kid asked the question um, uh, he, there were some issues and I he challenged me and I said listen I'm gonna meet you I'll, I'll meet you at home I'm gonna see you at home I'll be there uh, and he said, you're not coming in. You're not going to come to in the it, it was They called it the PJs. Uh, and I said, I'll be there. So I, I went in, got out, I went to park, got out of the car, and I didn't call. I was just, I was kind of arrogant and gotten really righteous. And uh, so I go in and knocked on the door, dead silence. He was in, he was in it was a little two-story um, apartment. And uh, he he wasn't moving. His mom was in the back. She wasn't moving. I, I knocked again and said, "Hey, this is Daniel. Um, I'd like to talk to you both." Nothing happening. And um, so, about that moment, this guy comes down the stairs, and he's coming down this way with a gun, little firearm, pistol, whatever. And he's saying, "You know, if you're a cop, I'll kill you. If you're a cop, I'll kill you." And I'm saying, "I'm just." A, teacher I'm just a teacher I could see him he's moving closer and closer I backed up and uh, the door flies open and he takes off and the door shuts the mother comes to the door and she said you know you people do this shit all the time you just walk in it's like you own everything he said she said you don't belong here go home so I went home and uh I mean, I'd broken a social contract for sure. And um, so uh, the next day, Hutchinson, I met her after school, and uh, she sat me down and she said, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk about it, but um, she'd heard about this. And she said, you know, you're, you, you don't even have a clue about what you carry. You have uh, uh you're, you're a white male, and you have no idea about what it is you've got. And he's, he, she said, it's, it's a privilege. You, you're different than other people in this community. You never should have been teaching here. There were better teachers, but you got it. Uh, because the, the principal saw something in you that he recognized. And um, she said, you um, you can't take this stuff off. You can't just, it's not like a hat. You, you have to deal with your privilege. And you, 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 uh, I, I'm gonna ask you to go home. If you quit, I don't care, she says. Um, there's 10,000 substitutes who'll fill your job and we'll find a better teacher anyway. Or, um, you can go home and decide to figure out how to wear this stuff, how to um, how to wear the privilege of whiteness, and and she said if you if you decide you want to, I'll uh, you can come back. 
Um, but you better make a choice and you better figure it out. Because if you don't understand what you've got and don't understand what you carry, um, you're going to make a mess here. And I don't want it because my people don't want it. And um, so figure it out. So I, uh, I went home and uh, I spent another four years there. And I moved, um, got another job in Minnesota. And that's the story. Thanks, Daniel, for telling that story. To pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. Our next storytelling event will be September 7th and 8th at James Ranch, north of Durango, and at the Grand Imperial Hotel in Silverton, when the theme will be water. And we are also currently looking for storytellers for our upcoming events in October, when the theme will be belonging. And if you have not done so already, be sure to subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And be sure to share these stories with your friends and comment on things that you loved. Thanks to our photographer, McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots. Check out the portraits of our storytellers on the gallery page of the Raven Narratives website. And be sure to visit her website at redscarfshots.com. We also want to thank our nonprofit sponsor organization, Mancus Valley Resources. We couldn't do it without you. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar, and you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org. Now for an outtake. <laughs> to pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives event, fill out the contact form on our website at ravennarratives.org. Our next storytelling event will be September 7th and 8th at James Ranch, north of Durango, and also at the Grand Imperial Hotel in Silverton. Does this bother you? No, not at all. I don't even, I don't even know what you're talking about. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. You were really killing it there. I was.